0: Chapter Twenty Four of *The Rebel of the School* by Mrs. L. T. Meade. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Twenty Four. Kathleen and Grandfather Craven. Friday was empathetically a summer's day in winter. The sky was cloudless. The few leaves that still remained on the trees looked brilliant in their autumn coloring. The ground was crisp underfoot the air was soft gentle and pleasant girls like all other creatures are susceptible to weather they do their best work and have their best feelings aroused when the sun shines and the day looks cheerful the sunshiny weather puts heart into them but it is sad to relate that when a girl is bent on mischief she is even more mischievous more daring more defiant when the sun shines and the earth looks gay Kathleen awoke on the special morning after a night of wild dreams. She raised herself on her elbow and looked across at Alice. What a lovely day! Why, I see sunshine quite plainly from where I am lying. Wake up, won't you, Alice? She said. How tiresome of you to rouse me! said Alice, opening her eyes and looking crossly at Kathleen. Kathleen smiled back at her her face was rosy her hair was tossed in wild confusion about her head and shoulders it tumbled also over her forehead and made her eyes look more dancing and mischievous than ever beneath its heavy shadow i wonder said kathleen softly if she had spoken in the loud voice alice would have taken no notice but there was something pathetic and beautiful in her tone, and Alice raised herself and looked at her. I wonder, she said, why you hate me so much. Fudge, said Alice. But Alice, it isn't fudge. Why should I have made myself so terribly obnoxious to you? The others are fond of me. They don't think me perfect, and indeed I don't want them to but they love me for those qualities in me which are worthy of love how you chatter said alice i have hitherto failed to perceive the qualities in you that you are worthy of love it wants another quarter of an hour before our hot water is brought in do you greatly object to my sleeping during that time no cross-patch said kathleen turning angrily on her pillow you may sleep till doomsday as far as i am concerned polite muttered alice she shut her eyes folded her arms and prepared for further slumber but somehow kathleen had effectually roused her she could not get the radiant face out of her head nor the words a little sad in their meaning out of her ears she looked up as though moved to say something as you have asked me a question, I will give you an answer. I know a way in which you can secure my good opinion. Really? said Kathleen, who was too angry now to be properly polite. And what way may that be? Why, this-if you will tell the truth about your horrible society and spare dear little Ruth Craven and make Cassandra Weldon happy, i don't care twopence about your tiresome cassandra but little ruth what ails her the governors are going to insist upon her telling what she knows but she won't said kathleen laughing merrily she's too much of a brick then she'll be expelled what nonsense you wait and see you don't know the great shirley school as well as i do however i have spoken I have nothing more to say. It is time to get up, after all. The girls dressed in silence. Alice had long ceased to torment Kathleen about her own side of the room, provided Alice's side was left in peace. She determined to shut her eyes to untidy wardrobes, to the chest of drawers filled to bursting, to a boot kicked off here and a shoe disporting itself there to ribbons and laces and handkerchiefs and scarfs and blouses scattered on the bed and even on the floor alice had learnt to put up with these things she turned her back on them so to speak the two girls ran downstairs together just for a moment kathleen felt frightened at alice's words but then she cast them from her mind it was quite quite impossible to suppose that anything so monstrously unfair as that a little girl should be expelled from the school could happen ruth too of all of the girls ruth who is absolutely goodness itself so kathleen ate her breakfast with appetite remarked on the brightness of the day to mrs tennant and the boys and then with alice started off to school with her satchel of books slung over her shoulder her gay pretty dress making her look a most remarkable figure amongst all the girls who were going towards the great school and her saucy bright face attracting attention on all sides there was nothing but kathleen to indicate that that evening she meant to steal from home and in company with faulty companions go to london she was able to keep her own counsel and this last daring scheme was locked tightly up in her heart on her way to school she met ruth there is Ruth, she said turning to Alice. Oh, and there's Susie in the distance. I want to speak to them both. You can go on, of course, Alice. I will follow presently. We are rather late as it is, said Alice. In addition to your misdemeanors, I should advise you not to be late for prayers just at present. Thanks so much, said Kathleen in a sarcastic tone. She left Alice and ran towards Ruth. Why, Ruth, she said, you do look pale. Oh, I am all right, said Ruth, brightening at the sight of Kathleen. Then you don't look at Ruth. Is it true that they want you to tell? They want me to, Kathleen, said Ruth, but I am not going to. You can rest quite satisfied on that point. You are a splendid darling brick, said Kathleen and i love you to distraction dear ruth what can i do for you give up the society as fast as you can said ruth what and yet you won't tell it's because it's dishonorable to tell said ruth don't keep me now kathleen i want to get into school in good time grandfather is not well and i must hurry back to him your nice white-haired grandfather that you have talked to me about he was ill all night he talked about you a little do you know kathleen i think he'd like to see you would you greatly mind coming back with me after school just to see him for a minute i have told him so much about you and i have told granny too and they both picture you somewhat as you are do you think you could come just to give them both pleasure Come said Kathleen gaily, Why, of course, I'll come heart of my life. I'd do anything on earth to please you. I'll join you after school, and we'll go straight away. It doesn't matter a bit about my being late for dinner at the tenant's. Ah, there's Susie. I want to have a word with her. Kathleen pushed past Ruth and ran up to susie Susy was looking intensely agitated; there were vivid spots of color on her cheeks and her eyes were as bright as stars i have managed everything she said in a whisper it's all right it's splendidly all right we are all coming not one of us will stay behind we know what it means of course you look very mysterious said kathleen i wonder why you talk like that what does it mean in your opinion oh kathleen can't you understand and one does it sometimes in life i have read about it in story-books and there are cases of it in history you have one great tremendous fling you do what is wrong you have a good a very good time and you know it won't last you know that afterwards will come the deluge you are a silly said kathleen why what could happen nobody need know we will be far too careful for that I can't tell you how splendidly I have planned things. I have got up my headache already in order to go to my room and thus avoid all suspicion. Oh dear, said Susie. It doesn't sound right, does it? Right or wrong, it is fun, said Kathleen. I am going to have it so. I have got the money and I mean to have a magnificent time. Now, don't keep me. I must run into school. It's hard of them to grudge us our little bit of amusement. Susie agreed with her friend. Indeed, during those days, she was nearly lifted off her feet. So excited was she, so charmed, so altogether amazed at Kathleen O'Hara's condensation to her. Before Kathleen arrived at the school, Susie was a good little girl who helped her mother in the shop and had dreams of going into another shop by herself by and by in those days she did not consider herself a lady nor expect ladies to take any special notice of her but those dull and stupid days were no more gold and sunshine and rich colour and marvellous dreams had all come into her life since the arrival of kathleen at merrifield for kathleen had discrimination it mattered nothing to her whether a girl paid or did not pay for her lessons wherever she belonged to the despised foundationers or was respected and looked up to by paying girls indeed if anything kathleen had a decided leaning towards the foundationers and she kathleen was a lady she belonged to what her mother and aunt church called the real quality none of your upstarts aunt church had said but one who for generations has belonged to the aristocrats and they are of the kind who are too great in themselves to be proud they are proud in the right way but they never look down on folks yes susie was a happy girl now but after all was she quite happy was she not at this very minute more or less oppressed by a secret fear suppose any single individual in Merrifield heard of the midnight picnic the great daring midnight excursion into the heart of london susy knew far better than kathleen what a mad action the girls were about to perpetrate she knew because she lived with a class who discussed things very openly if their frolic was not discovered all would be well if it was it would be ruin ruin complete and absolute the ladies of the town would fight shy of her mother's shop aunt church would be very unlikely to get her little aunt's house in ireland for surely even kathleen's friends would be very angry with her if they knew susy herself would be expelled from the school and she in her fall would bring down her mother and brother yes terrible would be the consequences if they were discovered but then they needn't be plucky people were not as a rule brought into trouble of that sort it only needed a brave heart and a firm foot and courage which nothing could daunt and the other girls the thirty-eight who were to join kathleen and susie would keep them company nevertheless susie was as unhappy as she was happy that day she was so absorbed in her feelings and in wondering what would happen during the next twenty-four hours that she was not attentive at her lessons and did not notice how the teachers watched her and made remarks and that their gaze was principally fixed upon the foundationers no remarks however were made the school came to an end quite in the usual manner immediately afterwards kathleen dashed off to find ruth ruth was waiting for her just outside the gates here i am said kathleen take my arm rachel ruthie i shall be very glad indeed to be introduced to your grandfather ruth made no answer her face was white but this fact only increased the rare delicacy the sort of fragrance which her appearance always presented kathleen and ruth did they but know it made a most charming contrast as they walked arm-in-arm arm across the common for ruth belonged more or less to the twilight and the evening star and kathleen her face her eyes her voice her actions spoke to those who had eyes to see of the morning kathleen was all enthusiasm gay life valour daring ruth's gentle face and quiet voice gave little indication of the real depth of character which lay beneath. This is such a lovely day, said Kathleen, and somehow I feel so downright happy. Perhaps I am wrong, perhaps I am right, but I feel happy. I think it is on account of the day. They had now reached the little path which led up to the cottage. Ruth went first, and Kathleen followed. What a tiny place for her darling favourite to live in. But Kathleen felt she loved her all the better for it. Ruth softly unlatched the door and peeped in. The front door opened right into the kitchen, and Mrs. Craven was seated by the fire. Hush, she said, putting her finger to her lips. He is asleep. I have brought Kathleen O'Hara, Granny. I thought you'd like to see her and i thought Granddad would like to see her to be sure child said mrs craven bustling up and removing her cooking apron bring miss o'hara in at once is she waiting outside where are your manners ruth ah miss o'hara i am right pleased to see you i am sorry my dear husband is not as well as could be wished but perhaps if you'd be good enough to sit down for a minute or two he would wake up before you go kathleen entered held out her hand greeted mrs craven with a frank smile showing a row of pearly teeth and then sat down near the fire this is cozy she said aren't you going to give me a little bit of dinner mrs Craven?" oh my dear young lady but we live so plain and so do i when i am at home said kathleen i do hate messy dishes i like potatoes better than anything in the world often at home i go off with my boy cousins and we have such a good feed i think potatoes are better than anything in the world well miss if you'd like a potato it's at your service i should if it is in its jacket what did you say miss if the potato is boiled in its jacket ah i see they are please let me have one kathleen did not wait for mrs Craven's reply she herself fetched a plate and the salt cellar from the dresser and putting these on the table helped herself to a potato from the pot now she said this is good i can fancy i am back in old ireland mrs craven began to laugh ruth do you have a potato with me said kathleen they are first-rate when you don't put a knife or fork near them but ruth had no inclination for potatoes eaten in the irish way i will go in and see how grandfather is granny she said and she disappeared into the little parlor you know said kathleen helping herself to a second potato and fixing her eyes on mrs craven's face you know how fond i am of ruth indeed my dear young lady she has been telling me about you and i am glad you notice her dear little girl but it is not only i said kathleen everyone in the school likes her she could be the primest favorite with everyone if she only chose she is so sweetly pretty too and such a lady well dear her mother was a real lady and her father was educated by my dear husband and was in the army it doesn't matter if her father was a duke and her mother a dairymaid said kathleen with emphasis she is just a lady because she is before she could add another word ruth came in do come kathleen she said he is much better after his sleep i told him you were here and he would like to see you he has been bothered like anything about those accounts said mrs craven i can't make out what has put it into his head years ago it was an old story with him that something had gone wrong with the books but dear hearts he had forgotten all about it for a weary long while now within the last week he has been at it again just as if it was yesterday he has an old account book on the table now granny said ruth well said mrs Craven." We must humour him. Don't you take any notice, Miss O'Hara. Don't contradict him, I mean. Kathleen nodded. There was a look on Ruth's face, which made her feel no longer interested in the Irish potatoes. She slipped her hand inside her friend's, and they went into the parlour. Mr. Craven was seated by the fire. His white locks fell about his shoulders. There was a faint touch of pink on each of his sallow cheeks and his blue eyes were bright ah he said raising his face when he saw kathleen and this is the little lady the dear little lady from over the seas from the heart of ireland itself i was once in ireland i spent a month in dublin and i bought the very best paper for packing my sugars and teas in that i ever came across Ah i had a good time we used to sit in phoenix park i liked ireland and i could welcome any irish maiden give me your hand missy i am proud to see you kathleen gave her hand she came up close to the old man and said do you know you have a look of my own old grandfather he is dead and in his grave but he had white white hair like yours do you mind if I put my hand on your hair and stroke it just because of grandfather? Ah, oh, my dear, you may do what you like, said the old man. And you have been good to my little lass, my little woman here. She has told me you have been good to her. She has been very good to me. I am glad to see you, Mr. Craven. I hope when you get strong again, you will come over and stay with father and mother at me at Carrigahane Castle no no my love there was a time when i'd have liked it well but not now you see dear his voice faltered and his eyes grew anxious i must mind the shop when a man doesn't attend to his own business accounts go wrong now there was quite a deficiency last week the wrong side of the ledger it was really terrible i think of it at night and when I wake first thing in the morning, I remember it. I must get to my accounts, little miss. But I am right glad to see you. Kathleen felt a lump in her throat. Ruth, with her bright eyes fixed on her grandfather, stood close by. But there, said the old man hastily, it's splendid for Ruth. She's got into that school and she's trying for a scholarship i know what ruth tries for she will get for her brain is of that fine quality that will not brook defeat and her mind is of that high order that it must adjust itself to true learning i was a bit of a scholar when i was young although i made my money in grocery well well ruth it's all right even if the old man can't square up the ledger ruth is right as right can be but thank you miss I can't remember your name, but thank you, little Irish miss, for coming to see me and good-bye. Kathleen found herself outside the room. Mrs. Craven was not in the kitchen. Ruth and Kathleen went into the garden. How can you stand it? said Kathleen. Doesn't it break your heart to see him? No, no, said Ruth. You see, I am accustomed to him he talks like that i am sorry he is so bothered about the accounts but perhaps that phase will pass he is so pleased about you and the scholarship yes said ruth she turned pale whatever happens she added he must never know what do you mean about whatever happens he must never know if i do not get it good-bye now kathleen i am glad you have seen grandfather and granny i must go back to granny now she is very tired she gets so little rest at night kathleen went slowly home the meal was over at the tenants but somehow her couple of potatoes had satisfied her she felt much more sober than she had done in the morning she was inclined to think to consider her ways she felt an uncomfortable sensation of being haunted by the faces of Ruth and the old man. But of course Ruth will get her scholarship, she said to herself. Of course, of course her grandfather is right. Her brain is of the right order, and her mind is attuned to learning. How nicely he spoke, and how beautiful he looked. How like my dear old grandfather, who has been with God for so many years now. There came a loud rat-tat at the door david went out and brought in a telegram it was addressed to kathleen she opened it in some surprise and read the contents slowly there was amazement on her face a feeling of consultation stole into her heart the telegram not a long one was from her father have just seen aunt katie o'flynn do not approve of your society squash the whole thing at once or expect my serious displeasure. O'Hara. Oh, Is there an answer? asked David. No, said Kathleen. I mean, yes, yes, I suppose so. Can I have a form, Mrs. Tennant? Can I have a telegraph form? Mrs. Tennant began to hunt about for one. Telegrams were by no means common things at the tenant's house. David suggested that the messenger boy might have one this turned out to be the case kathleen began to write but she suddenly changed her mind no no there is no answer she said i can write by post she crushed the telegram up and thrust it into her pocket after this she went out for a little she was too restless to stay still the fascination of the coming sport grew greater as obstacles appeared in the way of its realization whatever her father might say, she could not desert the girls who belonged to her society now. What can have ailed aunt Katie to betray me in such a fashion? she thought. She came home in time for tea, but to her amazement, she found another telegram waiting for her. This was from Dublin, from aunt Katie herself. Have told your father. He received letter from schoolmistress this morning. Very angry about wild Irish girls. You must give the whole thing up, or you will incur his serious displeasure. Don't be a goose. Nip the thing in the bud immediately. Aunt Katie. But indeed I won't, thought Kathleen. Whatever happens, we will have our fun tonight. Whatever happens, neither father, nor Aunt Katie, nor Ruth Craven can keep me back. End of chapter 24